see all of you guys. For those of you joining us online, thanks for uh, taking time to uh, to share this morning with us. And uh, we're glad that all of you are here, whether you're here or there. Um, but uh, we are going to uh, jump into God's Word, and I hope that each and every one of us walks away changed because uh, we've opened his good book and he's spoken to our hearts. Well, as all of you know, tomorrow is uh, America's Independence Day. Right, the day that we celebrate the freedoms that we have as a country, uh, the day that we celebrate uh, breaking free from from a tyrant king, uh, it's the day that we stepped out of being slaves to another country to establish freedom for ourselves, basically. And uh, many of us will gather together with family and friends. We'll throw some hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill. We'll fire up the fire pit. We'll sit around, have some food and some fellowship. And then maybe tomorrow evening you'll go watch fireworks somewhere or you'll blow up your own neighborhood with Roman candles and bottle rockets and firecrackers and all that good stuff, right? That's, that's what we do uh, in America. It's our way of, of celebrating the freedoms we have because we're America, right? So this morning, though, we're going to take a look at, uh, at finding freedom in our faith, uh, some people in this room, uh, maybe, maybe you're caught up in bitterness or unbelief um, or a lack of faith. Um, and when these things take hold in our lives, it, uh, it, it binds us up, right? We become bound to that thing and, uh, and we became prisoners in our own bodies. And so we lose our freedom that, that Jesus came to give each and every one of us. Uh, our key verse this morning is Galatians 5.1, and it says, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You see, when we allow bitterness, unforgiveness, unbelief, uh, lack of faith, and festering sin to be in our lives, we can become slaves to those things. and We lose the freedom that Jesus gave us. And so this morning, let's, uh, let's talk about how we can make today our Independence Day and step into our freedom in Christ. Let's pray. God, we love you again, and we thank you so much for this opportunity to be in this place, to worship you, to fellowship with one another, and God, to, uh, to get into your word. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that um, you would just help each and every one of us to, to hear and to understand and to put into practice the things that, that we learn. God, I pray that you would help me to speak your word clearly today. God, I pray that the things that I say that uh, are of my own lips, God, that you would just toss those out and that uh, the things that we hear, the things that we remember would be your words. So God, be with us this morning as we study your word and we talk about the awesome freedom that we can find in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to listen to these words by Angela Yardy. It says, Christ came to give us freedom, new attitude of mind, to heal the brokenhearted, 
the weak, infirm, and blind. In him is new beginning, the old life washed away. Embrace his pure redemption, then live with him each day. You see, true freedom comes from Jesus, right? I hope we all believe that. He came to give us that freedom to heal those that are hurting, those that are weak, the sick, and in him is new life. And we should live in him every day. So true freedom in Christ means that we're not held captive by sin, by doubt, uh, by fear, by addiction, by worry. I had a, a, a grandpa, my, my dad's dad, um, wonderful man. In fact, I'm named after him. He's Andrew John Peterson also, but he's J-O-H-N. So it's, I'm not, a, I'm not a, the second or anything like that. But my, my grandfather, my grandpa, um, he, uh, he didn't become a Christian until much later in his life. He worked in a steel mill in Chicago most of his life and, and uh, stood on hard concrete floors and his legs were really bowed out from <laughs> doing that all of his life. And he couldn't bend his, like he couldn't straighten his legs anymore. Uh, he worked hard. He was a hardworking man. And, uh, and he was a strong man. But I also remember that my grandpa... Uh, was held captive by worry. As much as he had faith in God, as much as he loved Jesus, he was still in captivity to that worry. And I remember he would always worry about every little thing. And, um, and, and I remember that he was the only grandparent that uh, I ever got, that it, well, I was the only grandchild he ever spanked. Yeah. And I, I never let him live that down. I mean, you know, someday I'll get to see him in heaven again and say, it's okay, Grandpa. It was, it, I understood. But it was because I got too close to the street and that worry just took over. And he snatched me up and smacked me on the bottom a few times. And, I, you know, I mean, of course, you know, I was in shock. It's like, this is my Grandpa. Grandpas don't spank. They're not supposed to. They're supposed to spoil, right? But he was held captive by worry. And maybe some of us in this room are held captive by something, whether it be worry, fear, doubt, I don't know, whatever it is. But finding our freedom in Christ is where it's all at. In our current world, most people associate freedom with, I can do whatever I want and consequences be darned, right? Who cares who I have to hurt or who cares who I step all over? I'm going to do whatever I want and I don't care if I offend anybody else. That's a, a big thing of what we think freedom is, is here. And, and um, not concerning yourself with how your actions may affect others. And in this, they may look at Christianity as, well, that's just a list of rules. Those people can't do anything. They don't get to have any fun. That's the way sometimes the world looks at us, as the opposite of freedom. But hopefully, we as believers, those of us who are followers of Christ, those who love Jesus, those who know who your Lord and your Savior is, we understand that the freedom that we have in Christ helps us to break out of that simple definition of doing whatever we want into this, having freedom 
from a lot of the, the negative things that were in our life and the freedom to do the things that God has willed for our lives without constantly fighting to get free from being held captive. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And so what Paul's saying here is that if we have our salvation through Jesus, there's no penalty, there's no conviction, there's no condemnation. Now, this doesn't mean that God does not correct us when he needs to. Because he, he will. He's a loving father. Just as my grandfather was a loving grandfather and he punished me. But his was because of worry. My dad, my father, when I got punished, I didn't think it was out of love. And if you ever got punished by your dad or your mom, you probably didn't think it was out of love either at the moment. But one of the things, and I think I've said this before, one of the things my dad always did after I got spanked is he would let me go back to my room and get over my <laughs> that, right? And once I was calmed down, he would come back into my room and he would sit down on the bed with me and he would say, John, you know why I did that, right? Because you hate me. <laughs> no, because I love you. And I don't want you to make those same mistakes again. His correction was because of love. And so God will also correct us out of love. But it's not about condemnation. It's not about, oh, you sinner. It's about love. And he wants to show us that he loves us. And again, it doesn't mean that he won't correct us when we, need, when we need it. But our salvation is the crucial part of that statement. Romans 3, 23 through 26 says this. For all have sinned. You have, you have, you have, you have, you have, I have. We all have, right? We've all sinned and we all fall short, fall short of the glory of God. And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So in other words, Again, we're all sinners. We've all sinned against God. We've all rebelled against God. And yet, even though we've sinned against him, he declares us innocent. He forgives us. He sets us free from our captivity through the gift of grace that he gives us because of the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. So that sacrifice that Jesus did what we just talked about and remembered in, in communion, that sacrifice that, that Jesus made paid for that, paid for our sins. And so what we have to do as, as believers to be free is to ask God to forgive us of those sins, and he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of those sins. And that right there, is some pretty good freedom, right? When I messed up, 
with my parents and I got spanked and then had to apologize when my dad would come in and say, you understand why I did that? Now what do you have to say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did, dad. Now he never pushed it to the point of saying, okay, now, now I want you to tell me that, you know, uh, I, I deserved that spanking. I never had to say that, thankfully. But he did ask me to understand, you know, you understand why you did it. And are you sorry? Yes, I'm sorry. And so with God, it's the same thing. We, we bring our, our sins to him. And because of the grace that he gives us through Jesus, and we ask for that forgiveness, we can find that grace, and we can find that freedom once again. And the hard thing that, uh, that we all need to realize is that through that sacrifice that Jesus made, we do have freedom, but all too often we let things get in the way of walking in that freedom. One of those things might be bitterness, that nasty beast of bitterness. What does bitterness mean to you? Anybody have a definition or, or what does bitterness mean to you? I'm not talking about like sucking on a lemon. That's true. Anybody? All right. What's that? Hardness. Okay. Grudge. Okay. Anything else? Well, here's what, uh, here's what our dictionaries say. A feeling of pain or distress. A feeling of antagonism, hostility, or resentfulness. Exhibiting strong animosity. Expressing severe grief, anguish, or disappointment. Bitterness is a nasty beast. If we hold on to those things in our life, there's no freedom in that. Bitterness can keep us from living a life of freedom in Christ. We can hold on to a deep hurt or a pain for a long time. Sometimes for so long that we lose our faith. Let me read you just a little portion of this short story from uh, Kelly Baker. It says, My childhood and teenage years were not easy, living in a constant terror of my father. He used to terrorize us with his aggressive and abusing words and behavior. I learned early to suppress my real feelings, thoughts, and opinions in order to survive. I dreamed of the time when I would be an adult and leave the house of my parents, finally breaking free. This time came, but unfortunately, I was not free. The deep wound that my father inflicted produced a bitter fruit and continued to poison my life. I harbored resentful, disrespectful, and hateful feelings towards him. It was difficult to trust and respect men. And my identity was crippled by believing many of the things he said and did to me. I even struggled with suicidal thoughts. Now maybe your story isn't exactly the same. 
maybe your bitterness, your resentfulness, your hate, your fear, your disappointment came from something else. Or maybe you relate to this story. This kind of deep agony keeps us from living a life of freedom. But here's the good news. Listen to this part. In my most desperate time, God found me. I gave my life to Jesus. The truth that I have a heavenly father who loves me unconditionally and who will never abuse me and control me, but instead support and encourage me until the end was a fountain of life to me. It pulled me back from the edge of the pit I was about to throw myself into and gave me meaning, meaning and reason to live. Here's the good part. But this was just the beginning. So finding Jesus helped this woman find her freedom, be able to love again and to trust again. But that was just the beginning to see whatever God could do in her life because of the freedom that she found. You see, the person found Jesus, it found in Jesus the freedom and the faith to overcome the bitterness and to break the chains of anger, depression, and sadness. And they had to put these things down to find that freedom to no longer be held captive by these feelings. And those feelings had been there for a long time. And yet, because of God's grace, because that the faith, the trust that this person put in Jesus, they were able to find their freedom. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. You see, forgiving those who have caused the hurt, forgiving those that have caused the pain and the bitterness and the resentfulness and the hatred that you have in your life is the first step. And if we can let that go, if we can find it in our hearts to forgive, then Jesus can give us that key to freedom. If you know anything about Oaks of Righteousness, which is a wonderful ministry that is part of this church, if you've been through that, you understand sometimes letting go of these things isn't just a simple, hey, take it away, God. For some people it can be, but a lot of people it's a step-by-step -step process. Isn't that true? And by talking with others and trying to lay down those things, that bitterness, that hurt, that pain, God will begin to show you the freedom that you can have. And hopefully this fall, we haven't talked yet, but hopefully this fall, we'll have Oaks of Righteousness again. And if we do, I encourage you, if any of these things that we just talked about so far this morning speaks to your heart, it's a good start. 
It's a good place to go, to be around others who also need to find freedom in Christ. So, just as God forgives us, we can be set free. We can have our Independence Day. We can have our freedom. And we can finally let go of that bitterness. Maybe another thing that keeps us from finding our freedom in Christ is unbelief or, or lack of faith. And in Hebrews 11.1 1, it says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, a lot of times, and I've used this example myself before, and after studying this week, I realized, okay, I can't, I can't use that example anymore because it's not a good example. You ever heard the example of, you know, you have this chair. You guys are all sitting in a chair. When you got here, did you like climb under your chair and look at all the legs and make sure all the screws were tightened and, and push on it a little bit and make sure it wasn't going to like just collapse on you? Did anybody do that? I didn't see anybody do that. I didn't see anybody, you know, pull out a screwdriver and do all those things. We just sat down. And so we call that blind faith, right? But this is different. This faith, this, what we're talking about here is that, no, so let me explain it this way. Um, so the context is in Hebrews 10, chapter 10, it's talking about, Paul's talking about um, the new covenant and how the new covenant in Jesus is superior to uh, to the animal sacrifices of the past, okay? And so, um, it's this, this old covenant, the animal sacrifices versus like the new covenant with Jesus and how, how the Jesus covenant is more superior. And so, it ends with a reminder to not go back to the old ways, okay? But to have faith, to believe, to to trust. And so it ties chapter 10 and chapter 11 together. And so what he, Hebrews 11.1 1 means is that this idea of faith is a confident look to the future. Jesus, superior to the animal sacrifices. The ultimate sacrifice versus having to make a sacrifice for every little thing. Okay? And so this, this idea of of faith in Hebrews 11.1 1 is it's a confident look to the future. It's based on the reliance of God's promises. It's about trust. So, do you trust God? Do I trust God? Has God ever given you a reason not to trust Him? And some in this room may say yes to that question. Some of you may be like, yeah, there have been circumstances or situations in my life where after I walked through that or while I was walking through that, I didn't trust him. We've all lost trust in people from time to time in our lives. But some of us have also lost our trust in God. Maybe you prayed really hard for God to show up and do something little or something big and you feel like he did nothing. And because of that, you lost your trust in him. Now, we've talked about this before. In fact, just a few weeks ago, and one of the things that we always have to remember is that, that God's will, God's ways are far bigger than our little brains can handle. And so sometimes when we trust God for something, maybe he answers it in a way that was not what we were expecting. It wasn't what we had 
thought was going to be the answer. And so we lost our trust. But his ways are bigger. And someday, if you are a believer, if you trust in God, if you trust in Jesus and, and you call him your Lord and Savior, then maybe someday you can stand before him and ask him, God, what about that one time? But hopefully by then, if you're there, you're not even going to remember that one time or that two times or that five times that you lost your trust. You see, his ways are bigger. And uh, we should always know that he loves us and he wants what's best for us, even when we don't get it. And I think about that with my own dad. I lost my trust with my own dad a few times, or I, he lost my trust just for things that happened in life or whatever. But I always knew he loved me, and I always knew that the things he did, his jobs, his, the, the way he talked to me, the way he uh, disciplined me, was because he loved me, and he knew better than I did. Now, it took me becoming a father <laughs> to understand that fully, but as I got older, I understood it too. And so a lot of us do the same thing. Maybe if you're here and you have like between 12 and 15-year-olds, God bless you. Because man, they're not human. They're not normal. And they will try your patience. So for some of you, maybe it's longer than that 12 to 15. But for me, at least with my daughter, that 12 to 15, man... It's like, take her back. <laughs> Send her away to boarding school. I don't care. But now that she's 17, she's changed. And she's a wonderful young lady. And she gets it. Now, she's not perfect, but neither am I. Her mom's perfect. But she's got my genes, unfortunately. But the thing is, the things that I do, the things that I say, the way that I discipline is not because I hate her or want what's worse for her. It's because what I want is what's best for her and because I love her. And God loves us just in that same way. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. When I lean on my own understanding, I don't understand a whole lot. But when I trust in God, I understand. And so when I lose my trust sometimes or I think he's not listening, if I look at that verse and I say, okay, God, I don't get it. I don't feel like you're listening to me. I don't feel like you're hearing what I'm saying. But I'm going to trust in you and I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. And I'm just going to give it up and say, God, whatever your will is, you go for it because you know way better than I do. And guess what? He does. He knows way better than we do. If I let my, want, my wow, if I let my mind wander, that's what I was trying to say, um, I can find ways to blame God. I can find ways to, to blame others for the bad things that I go through in life, as we can all. When someone cuts us off in traffic it's never our fault right 
Maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe you missed that yield sign back there. But when we let our mind wander, um, we can find ways to blame God. We can find ways to blame others for the bad things that we go through. But if I surrender my mind to God and I realize just how much he loves me and cares for me, I begin to trust him again and I quit relying on my own self and my own understanding. You see, we can't allow bitterness and unbelief to hold us captive. If we want to have freedom, we have to let those things go. And as we begin to wrap up this morning, um, I want to finish with this. Not only do we find our freedom in Christ from sin, bitterness, anger, depression, lack of faith, unbelief, and all the other stuff. Galatians 5.1 tells us to not submit to that slavery anymore. So how do we do that? How do we not submit ourselves to falling back into captivity? We have to submit our lives to the Spirit of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You see, in His presence, we can find freedom. So be in His presence and find that freedom. And finally, not only does the freedom that we find in Christ free us from sin and all that other bad stuff, the bitterness, the pain, the sorrow, the sadness, the hate, the regret, it also gives us freedom to love to have joy, to experience peace, to enjoy life, and to serve others. 1 John 10, uh, 10b says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You can't have abundant life if you're living in captivity. You ever been to the zoo? And seeing the, the animals that, uh, like maybe like wolves especially, are big about this. They just go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth all day long. Because they don't have that true freedom. I used to have hamsters when I was a kid. Their whole life is about escape. Really. If you had the metal cage, all they did all day long was chew on the metal cage. I had one of those habit trails or whatever, you know, the plastic tubey things they could crawl through. He ate through the plastic and he escaped. And I put the metal cage out in the garage with the little wheel on it. And guess what? He went back to the wheel, heard it in the middle of the night, squeak, 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 went out there, shut the door, had him in captivity again. He wasn't very smart. And then he died. Because <laughs> hamsters only live like two years. I mean, you know horrible pet but the thing is is that you can't have true freedom if you're in captivity if your life if you are being held captive by bitterness lack of faith unbelief hurt pain hatred all those things you can't find true freedom in christ 
And you can't have abundant life because you're living in captivity. You see, God has a plan and a purpose for all of us, but we have to live in his freedom to find it. And so my prayer for all of us today is this. Number one, if you are in slavery, if you're in captivity, if you were held captive by bitterness, anger, depression, deep hurt, whatever, I pray that you ask God to help you let that go once and for all and find your freedom in Jesus. Or number two, maybe you just need to realize that your freedom allows you to live life more abundantly and you haven't been living life more abundantly. It's all about going to work, coming home, doing your list, going to bed. There's so much more to it than that. And I know in the hustle and bustle of all the things that we get caught up in, sometimes we can forget that. And our life kind of becomes captivity in and of itself. So if you're that today, maybe you're just not living life abundantly because you're just so stressed out about all the things that you have to do. I pray that today you'll ask God to show you the plans and the purposes he has for you and that you will go for it and that you will begin to enjoy life in your newfound freedom. And my prayer for all of us today is that today will be our Independence Day. That today we will find true freedom in Jesus. So I'm going to close in prayer and then I'm going to ask this. If you're here today and uh, maybe one of those two things really applies to you. Maybe you are um, really struggling to find that freedom in Christ because you're holding on to something that's been there for a long time and it won't allow you to find the true freedom. We're going to have people up front, some of the elders, admin board, other leaders. Um, please, please come. And uh, if you need prayer for that, please pray with somebody. Talk to somebody. Or if it's, you just need to find some abundant life. You need to find some some freedom in Christ to live your life more abundantly, to do the things that he's called you to do and not be just so consumed by work and stuff, but finding that freedom in him to do the things that he's called you to. Then I ask you to come and pray with somebody for that too. So let's close in prayer. And then if anybody wants to come forward, uh, you can do that. Otherwise, I'm gonna ask that uh, the rest of you, if you wouldn't mind to head out that way just to keep the fellowship uh, more quiet so people can pray um, with others. So let's, let's pray. God, we love you again, and we come before you this morning. And um, God, I pray that uh, your word that you've spoken to us today, God, would do something in each and every one of our hearts. God, I pray that your words today would challenge some of us that for those, God, that are here who maybe they're living their life in captivity to depression or fear or doubt or bitterness or anger or resent or hatred or addiction. God, I pray that today they would find their true freedom in you, that they would take whatever that thing is that's wrapped around their body, that chain, 
and they would lay it at your feet this morning. And that, God, you would be faithful and just to forgive and to help them find their freedom through your grace. And God, for those that are here that maybe they're just so consumed by work and schedules and the world that they haven't found their true freedom because of that. And so God, I pray for those that are here today that maybe they just need to understand that when they submit everything to you, that you have these awesome plans. You have this awesome, abundant life waiting for them. God, that they can fulfill their, their dreams and they can um, accomplish the things that you've called them to do and they can use the gifts that you've given them to serve others, to love others, to make a difference. God, I pray that they would find their freedom in you today as well. God, I pray that today would be uh, our Independence Day, that each and every one of us would find our true freedom in Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that I pray for all these things. Amen. Well, again, thank you guys so much. If there's anybody here that needs prayer, um, we'll have some folks up available to pray with you. Uh, otherwise, you guys have a safe and a very happy 4th of July. And uh, celebrate our country's freedom, but today, celebrate your freedom. Amen? All right, have a great week. We'll see you guys next time.